Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now we're going to kind of bring to a conclusion what we've been teaching on here, and I want you to become ever aware of how powerful your words are, and especially in this day and hour in which we're living in, we must come to an understanding that the way this power or the authority of God is released is through our words. Now, now prayer, now let me just say that before I get ahead of myself. We're going we're gonna to have a prayer meeting tonight here at the church at 7. I'm going to ask Brother Roland to come and, and to, uh, to do a worship song, maybe some of the praise people. Now, here's why. I've said this several times, and I, I, I've kind of tried, tried to prepare the church for this, but there's going to be times in the future when what goes on in the world demands that we come and pray. Amen. And now with Lee and I and Breland leaving on Tuesday morning and going, going to the nations to preach the gospel, and you guys are going to be here with, uh, with Brother Greg and Brother Danny and, and others of our own congregation that will be speaking on the weekends and stuff. Listen, we, we cannot afford to make any missteps. We can't afford to take any steps back. Amen. We've been declaring in the midst of uh, a great uh, decrease, we will increase. And when others are stepping back, we're going to step forward. That's what we're doing. We're stepping forward. Uh, These nations that we go to, they've not had conferences, crusades, many of them in over three years. So people are hungry. They they, want to be with God's people. They want to hear a word from God. So we need to pray. We need to be, listen, we need to be 100% successful in everything that we do. Secondly, our prayer together binds our hearts together. When our hearts are bound together, it's hard to bring disunity into a group of people whose hearts are bound together. And when we pray together like that, I like what it says. We're here in the book of James, but in James chapter 5, it says those types, that type of prayer, the prayer of righteous men and women makes great power available. It's dynamic in its working. So we've been teaching on, so tonight at 7 we'll meet here to pray. And I invite you to come. Come. I know it's Memorial Day weekend. I know all of that and traffic and this and that. I know, listen, sometimes at the most inconvenient times, God says, do it now. So we're just going to obey God. Amen? Praise God. So we've been teaching on the power of God, the power, you know, different, the, the, the power of the Word of God, the power of the Spirit of God, the power of the name, all these different things. But everything that God has encapsulated in His Word is designed to release power through the heart and the mouth of the believer. People say, I feel so powerless. You're going to have to say more. And that's not the words to say. <laughs> to, if, you, if you keep saying, I feel so powerless, I feel, you're going to feel powerless. You're going to have what you say. We know the law. We know the law and how it works. The law is you're going to have whatever you say. You know, the Bible says in, in, in where is it, Proverbs uh, 18, it says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death every time you open your mouth. So you need to make a decision to speak life. Now, James, this is not... Uh, Peter, James, and John. Uh, James was, was martyred in the uh, 13th chapter, 12th or 13th chapter of the book of Acts. This would be uh, James, and to identify him, this would be James, the brother of Jesus, but correctly identified as the half-brother of Jesus. They shared the same mother in Mary, but they did not share the same father because God was the father of Jesus. Now, I love the book of James. I like what uh, one of our pastors years ago that was a pastor of, uh, of ours said. He, uh, they said that the book of James is to the old covenant what the book of Proverbs is to the new covenant. It is a book of wisdom. And James was a very practical man. 
very practical. He could look around his church and he could see a bunch of, uh, a bunch of spiritual people that had faith in their heart but wasn't doing anything. So he got up and preached chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Faith as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. Uh, won't you know, oh vain man, that faith without works is... So you're going to you're gonna have to believe it. You're going to have to say it. Then you have to act on it. But you've got to realize that, that discovering it in the Word and believing it in your heart and then speaking it, that's how the power is released. And you think, well, I need this great volume of power. But you've got to start with what you have. You've got to begin with what you have, speaking the Word of God in your life on a daily basis. The Bible says the outward man perisheth, but the inward man is renewed when? So one of the days in which you miss your renewal, you're not renewed that day. You're stepping back. You take two days and you're not building yourself up. Now you're stepped back two days. You do that for a week. You do that for a month. You end up pretty weak. And church, this ain't no time to be a weak believer. Amen. I mean, when I hear people on the news, and not just over the event that happened in New Valley, but for other, several other negative events, say things like, how can God allow this? It helps me to understand that people don't know God. God would never allow that. God would never allow that. We must understand, as we've been teaching on Wednesday nights in our redemptive courses, man's condition in Adam is desperate. Man's condition in Adam is at its zenith. That means sin and iniquity has risen to the point in which it has metastasized in humanity and is now is falling down. And some of the worst sin, wickedness, and corruption. That's why Paul said uh, Timothy said to, Paul said to Timothy, perilous times. He said it like this: times in which you'll, you'll find it hard to serve God. And you know the reason you find it hard to serve God is because you look at things and you think, well, God could have done something about that when in reality he couldn't have, could have, couldn't have if we hadn't have done anything about it. So with our words, we're justified. Or with our words, we're condemned. Amen? So we need to live on that justified part, on the part of the Word of God that ensures us in the reality of that Word that is in us being an active Word. I don't understand how people can sit in a church. And I, listen, please don't get me wrong. I am not critical of any of the denominations. I love anybody that loves God. Amen. But it, it, it really perplexes my mind on how people can sit in a place week after week, month after month, and never really hear any words of life. Words of life. Now they hear a message or they hear a sermon or they hear something that is, that is, that is a testimony maybe that's inspirational. But listen, if you're going to have the Word of God dwelling in you, you've got to sit under teaching that gives it to you line upon line, precept upon precept, and feeds it to you. Now listen to this. Feeds it to you as it has been experienced by the one that's given it to you. You say, what do you mean by that? We don't teach anything we hadn't proved. I don't get up here and tell stories about other people's ministries and things unless I've proved it in my own ministry. Amen? Or in my own life. Let me just help you with something. You ready? Everybody say, this stuff works. Uh, let me try. I don't really think you get that because some of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. This stuff works. Now, it might not work in a way which agrees with your mind and everything, but this works. You stay with it. You don't back off. You don't quit. You don't give up. It works. James, quickly. 
James chapter 3. Now let me read here for just a moment. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect, really not a good word, same as a mature man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths and they, do, and they obey. They obey us and we turn them uh, about their whole body. Behold also ships, which although they be great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor solicits, the, the captain, however the captain makes it turn. Even so the tongue, everybody say the tongue. The tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Oh, world of iniquity. So is the tongue amongst our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Now notice that. Now, now, now it says, uh, it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of all things of the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, Therewith we curse, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth the same place, sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. Now, I invite you to go meditate on that. There's a lot right there. And it's instructing us upon this one organ of our body called the tongue, which is unique to us as individuals because with the tongue, we're able to accumulate, uh, accumulate and transmit thought. Amen. Now that's, that's unique among, among animal species upon the earth, we being in the mammal classification. Nobody else does that. There's not a cow language. When cows are in the field and one says moo, the other hears moo. <laughs> Amen? Uh, I don't know if you've ever talked to me. I talk to animals all the time. I've always been, a, since I was a little kid, I talked to animals. I talked to birds in the tree. Hey, what's up? You know, stuff like that. But, but, but what's unique, I've, for, for years and years, I've been a, a waterfowl hunter, and I've learned how to, how to call those birds. Kenny Cleveland hunts with me quite a lot. And... Uh, and Kenny always gives me a big pat on the back when I've blown a call for 15 minutes trying to get some dumb old goose to come get shot, you know. <laughs> but it's amazing how they respond. But they're not responding to a, to, a, to a language. They're responding to a sound. Now, we utter more than a sound. We utter a language, that which makes us unique among the species, and it also puts us in the classification of God. God remaining in his position as deity, we remain in our position as humanity. Still, everything that is in the earth today is a composition of everything that man has believed in its heart and confessed with his mouth. Because the heart and the mouth are the belief system of the human being and it works. doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're a heathen, what you believe in your uh, heart and confess with your mouth. That's what works. That's what you're, and even in your own life, you're a sum total. The sum total of your own life is what you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth. 
either an amen or an oh me. You say, well, my life's pretty rotten. Then change your words. Change your words. Somebody said, well, I thought you said you had to change your thoughts first. They work in tandem. The one of the best ways to change your thoughts is to speak the word to your mind. Well, the first ears that hear the word coming out of your mouth is your own ears. That's why every day I make a confession of faith and I make it. You know, I was thinking the other day, I, 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 I had a long day and I hadn't done some of the things I wanted to do when it came to my, my personal consecration to the Lord. I wasn't able to pray as, I, as much as I did that day. And, I, and I, I got to the end of the day and I thought to myself, man, I haven't made my confession. So I was, I was kind of just kind of turning out of bed to go downstairs and just walk around a little bit and make a confession, worship God for a few minutes. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. You've been confessing the word all day. And I said, well, I don't understand that, Lord. But in my mind, all day long, the word was just rolling around, rolling around, rolling. I'd be walking down the road and I'd think, well, the joy of the Lord is my strength, you know. And I'd be walking out, man, you know, the, my God shall supply. And I just, all day long, it just rolls in your spirit, rolls in your spirit, rolls in your spirit, instead of the anxiety of the day or the hour. That's why it's so important to, to develop a good, strong, faith-based confession. Did you know Christianity back in the day, years ago, it was called the Great Confession? It was called the Great Confession is what it was called. Now, I have my, my Passion Bible. Can I read that scripture again to you in the Passion Bible? I know it's kind of long, but listen to it in the Passion. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, don't be so eager to become a teacher in the church since you know that we who teach are held to a higher standard of judgment. Amen. That's why I always tell people, you know, and I've taught this in many schools of ministry and I've taught this to pastors and pastors conferences. You got to understand you answer to a higher power than your government. You answer to a higher power than your presbytery. You answer to a higher power than the person that put the ink on your ordination. You answer to God, and you will be the only one that stands before God that will answer for what you did in the earth, and you want Him to say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen? Now, notice this. It says, we fail in many areas, but but equally with our words. Yes, if we're able to bridle words, we say we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Horses have bits, bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are, they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are, they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of of a person's helm. Now, here's something that I want you to see. Notice the, the illustration of what the ship, back in those days, they were sailing ships, not big motorized craft like we have today. Then he talked about horses being guided. Now, a horse untrained without a bridle or a bit is no good. I mean, I love horses like anybody else, but it's just, it's just not, it's not worth much. And it takes some work to break one, break one to a halter, break one to a bridle, saddle break one. I mean, it's, it, that's a job, amen. But then some of you are familiar with, with, with the maritime and all the, uh, you know, the shipping and things and stuff like that around here. It's amazing. These massive, massive, I remember we used to load these big old Chinese bulk carriers would come in here. We'd load them with rice, massive ships. And they have this little old bitty deal right behind the propellers. It guides that ship. Turn that, turn that rudder, that ship will go this way. They turn that rudder, that ship will go that way. So he's showing us very plainly that our tongues are the rudder of our life. They are the bit of our life in which God controls us, but they're also the rudder that gives direction. A lot of people go the wrong direction because they start saying the wrong things. They start saying the wrong things. They start believing the wrong things. They start saying and believing the wrong things. They start doing the wrong things. 
That's why, listen, I exhort you, don't get caught up in the drama of what's going on in this world. Because, brother, we could start at point B and go all the way to point uh, WXYZ. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes it don't come up as quick as it used to. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, by the time you get there, you got a drama for every, every letter of the alphabet and the news is exacerbating it and they're, and they're sensationalizing it. And t- I'm telling you, if you feed yourself on that stuff, you're going to start saying the wrong things, thinking the wrong things, and that's going to cause you to do the wrong things. Well, pastor, aren't you afraid? No, I'm not. You say, well, I have faith. But look at what's going on out there. I'm not looking at what's going on out there. I'm looking at what's going on right here and right here. And I'm keeping my eyes on him, focused on him. And I'm not living in some type of a denial. I'm trying to be the rescuer in all this kind of stuff. Use us, Lord. Mm -mm -mm. And so it is with the tongue. It's a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. The tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of the human body. Like, now I'm take that thing out of my mouth. <laughs> Amen. Now listen to this. It, it, it corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and creatures of the sea and land, have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It is fickle, unrestrained, evil, and is, it's fickle, unrestrained evil that speaks out, that, that spews out words full of toxic poison. We use our tongue to praise God our Father, Then we turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. Out of the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curse the next. My brothers, this should never be. Would you look, would you look for olives hanging on a fig tree or go to pick figs from a grapevine? It is impossible that fresh and bitter water can flow out of the same spring. So neither can, can a bitter spring produce fresh water? Now, this illustration, there's a tremendous illustration right there that he's giving to us. And he's really, more than any other scripture in the Bible, bringing out to the forefront the reality of our, of our words. You know, when, he, when he's using the tongue, the tongue is, is benign without the words behind it. Amen? And every one of you know that how the right words can heal and the wrong words can hurt or harm. But in your daily life, you have to work on very diligently a desire on the inside of you to make sure there is a complete reprogramming of your vocabulary. I like to say it like this. I kind of coined this phrase years ago, where you learn to speak a new language. Now, see, right there, people's minds will go, well, we all need the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and the languages that he gives us. But there's another language you need to speak. Other than English, other than, other, other than Spanish, or any other language you might have learned, and other than tongues that are given through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, or the gift of tongues through the gifts of the Spirit. You say, what do you mean by that? Those are the words you must speak. Those are the words that must come out of your mouth, amen, 
Those must be the words that are the word of God in your heart and your mouth that you are speaking on a continual basis that are building into you what the word says. Now, before you, before you, before you preconceive something that, I, that I'm saying, think about what words have done to you negatively. And how the process of those words worked on you and worked on you. Listen, I've noticed this for years. Every divorce starts with words. Every church split starts with words. Every fight starts with words. I I watched one one night. I'd been in Ireland for about two weeks preaching and I was ready to go home. And a gracious pastor friend of mine, a very, very wonderful man, took me to a beautiful restaurant at about midnight. Two in the, we were there from midnight till two because they have late services there. And it was graduation night in Ireland. And so there was a lot of uh, uh, high school seniors there in their, in their tuxes and their uh, girls in their gowns, you know, and they're all dressed up all pretty. And uh, we were walking out, and I heard one, one, uh, one Irishman talking to another Irishman, both of them seniors in high school. And I, could hear, I, couldn't, I couldn't make out the words. They had that strong brother. But I could tell... By the atmosphere, the words were producing. I told Brent, Pastor Brown, I said, hey, hey, let's hang around a minute. He said, why? <laughs> I said, there's fixing to be a fight. I'd like to see it. <laughs> ah, they were so drunk they couldn't hurt each other. And so the, these two crowds of people, they kind of spilled out in the parking lot, and we were kind of going toward his car and getting in his car and looking back at him. And they were just, blah, 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 blah. and then all of a sudden, it was like the eye of the storm. There was this calm. And I knew it. I knew it. The fuse was lit. And all of a sudden, all the words stopped, and the next thing you heard was... And then it started. And man, they they just they and we sat there and laughed for probably 30 minutes. I think I got healed of three different things sitting there watching them kids fight. But see, your words are carrying you toward a fight or a victory. By your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. That final part of the scripture in which he's talking about what comes up out of out of out of the fountain. Your life is likened to a fountain. What's flowing up out of your fountain on a daily basis? What's, you know, every one of us are exposed every day to people who are bitter. You ever notice how bitter people talk? They talk bitter. They make the atmosphere bitter. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed how many times those bitter people, they go from one calamity to one disaster to one calamity to another disaster, one after another after another after another, and they think that that's normal in life. Did you know that's not normal in, in, in Christian life? It shouldn't be. Remember that scripture in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible, after the great temptations that Jesus went through in the wilderness, the Bible says, then the devil leaveth him. And angels came and ministered unto him. The Lord spoke to me years ago and said, there should be extended, uh, extended uh, periods of time in your life when the devil has to leave you and angels will come and minister to you. Yes. Amen. Well, amen, they do. They do. So we have to understand that it is our words that create the at. You know, think about this, and we'll close with this. Think about this atmosphere we attempt to create every week. Did you know how we do it? With words. The words of our song. The words of our teaching, our preaching. The words of our, our, our fellowship. 
Amen. Out in the out in the halls and in the classrooms and the prayer rooms and stuff like that. When we talk to one another, all of these words that are being uh, released are our spring, is our life spring that's springing up out of Island Church. Amen. That's why when you hear, well, that that offering confession, or we say, oh, it's time, let's make our healing confession. We're standing against this or standing. Every time we do that, we're doing that to illustrate to you, this is how this works. This is how this works. And we do it when we can on a week-to-week basis. You have to do this on a day-to-day basis. Because by your words, you're justified. By your words, you're condemned. So James, the pastor at the church in Jerusalem, he must have looked out across that vast crowd. Some historians said there may have been as many as 30,000 in the church. We knew it grew 3,000, then 5,000, it's 8,000 in just a few days. But he looked out across that vast church. He must have come to the conclusion that all these people are talking funky and they're so spiritual, but they're not doing anything. So I'm going to teach on acting on faith and your words. So he got into the Word of God and it was so inspirational by the Holy Ghost that God said, write it down in a book, put it in a Bible for everybody to read. Number one comes your revelation. You got something between your teeth that can be more rotten than your teeth. And the Bible says it can do what? It set a flame of hell, set a fire of hell. That means the iniquity that came out of the devil is the thing that motivates your tongue. If you've ever lived in sin and notice how uncontrollable your tongue is, just had a bad memory of something stupid I did with my tongue. You know, talking to somebody, talking to somebody. Then it went from one, uh, one stage of talking to a stage of yelling. Then it went, to, it went to blows. I mean, boom, boom, boom. And everybody thinks, well, that's just normal. No, it's not. It's not. Fight. Listen, look at what words have done to the world. Look, at, look how powerful they are. That's what words have done to the world. But as a believer, especially in these last days, the the, the language you must learn is the language of redemption. There is a redemptive language spoken. I speak it fluently. I've been practicing it for 38 years. I speak it fluently. You say, what do you mean? Everything that I say about myself, everything I say about my God, Everything I say about, my, about the word he gave me, everything I say about my body, everything I say about my finances, everything I say about my church, everything I say about you. Amen? Everything I say about you. I have taken it from the scripture, put it in my heart, and I let it come out of my mouth. I speak it. I speak it on a continual basis. Now, I'm going to close with this. Have I said that already? <laughs> You're probably used to it, huh? <laughs> Many times, when you begin to understand what's going on in the world, you begin to get revelation from the Word of God. If you're not careful, you can get real cynical. You can develop a cynicism, and many times if you notice how it's developed, it's developed by us talking one to another about things we shouldn't be talking about. And I'm not talking about anything negative to the church. I'm just talking about things that are going on in the world. These things, are, are, are oh, they do need to be mentioned. They do need to be talked about. They can't be dwelt on. Because the, the, more, the world's going to dwell on it because they know if they dwell on it, it makes it bigger. In reality, the best thing to do to any situation that like happened this week is to shut it all down and never say anything about it because then those words won't get into other people's ears and give them the same idea. 
Should have done that the first time and that have stopped it at the beginning. But see, they're not, they're not smart enough to operate in spiritual principles because they don't have the knowledge. But you have the knowledge. And that language of redemption where you do not see yourself as a poor old sinner saved by grace. Many churches in Galveston will tell you that's what you are. You're a poor old sinner saved by grace. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you you were a poor old sinner, but grace came and saved you. Now you're a new creature in Christ. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's a greater identity than anybody can ever give you. We're not sick trying to get healed. We're the healed of God. I don't care if you've had symptoms in your body 30 years. You keep speaking that word, speaking that word, demanding in the name of Jesus, let go of my body. We're not poor trying to get rich. We're the rich of God, tithing, offering, and speaking the word. Be careful. I've said this two, three weeks in a row. Use your authority on your finances. Use your authority on your finances. But then don't go around saying all the time, oh, I'll tell you what. Man, that gas is so high, bread is so high, I can't get no baby for him. I mean, I tell you, if you, if you pick up the narrative, why not my God shall supply all of my need? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, now they got the monkey pox. So what do you say about the monkey pox, Pastor? All I can say, ooh-ah. I'll hide my bananas, amen. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm not going to give it any power through my words. I'm not going to give COVID any power through my words. I'm not going to give hate and prejudice and all this garbage that they're not trying to fix. They're just trying to stir it so it'll foam up. Amen. Make a decision today, not just to let this be another Sunday morning message, But go home with this one thought in you. I'm going to change my words. I'm going to speak to my wife different. I'm going to speak to my husband different. I'm going to speak to, I'm going to speak to, uh, I'm going to speak to my coworkers different. I'm just going to, I'm going to, and here's what you do. I'm going to talk different. You say this, Holy Spirit of God. This is a great way to pray. I pray like this all the time. Holy Spirit of God, I need your help. You said you're a help. You said you're a helper. One of your, one of your great character attributes is that you are a character. You are, you, are, you are a helper. And I need your help. My words have got me in trouble. Sometimes you've got to ask God to forgive you for what you've said because what you said came out of what you thought. And what you thought came out of what you should not have entertained. So I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Sift through my heart. You have permission to go into every corner, every place where my disappointment lies, my regret lies, any place, any, any place I'm feeling offended or bitter, anything in my life that's producing negative emotions, anything. You have my permission, but I need your help. I need your help. I am drawing all the faith I have out of my heart and releasing it towards you, Holy Spirit, to help me learn a new language, a language of redemption. A language of who I am in Christ. A language of all the, the, how God sees me. How do we say it? What I have, what I can do, who I am. Who I am in Christ. What I have in Christ. What I can do in Christ. Now, with this teaching that we're doing on Wednesday nights, the redemption, what good does it do for me to teach you these wonderful truths I've learned all these years and you just sit there and it go in one ear and out the other? 
Everything I teach you on redemption has to be what? The same way you got saved. Believed in your heart, confessed with your mouth, and released through your confession. So I'm going to close today. It's just 1125. You'll beat the Baptist to the restaurant with my confession. What is your confession? First of all, I love the Word of God. When for the Bible, I'd be dead. So every day I confess, thank you, Father, for your Word. The entrance of your Word brings life and life to me. Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth can pass away, but your Word will never pass away. The flower can fade, the grass can wither, but the Word of the Lord will stand forever. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It's your Word I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that your word is growing and prevailing on the inside of me. I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. I lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him. He directs my path. I attend unto his word. I incline my ear into his saying. I let it not depart from my eyes. I keep it in the midst of my heart. It is life, for I have found it. It is health to all my flesh. I guard my heart because out of it comes the issues of life. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you, Father, your word is healing to my body. Your word is uh, is prosperity to my finances. I thank you that your word is peace to my mind and joy to my heart. I thank you that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, divides asunder that which is the spirit, soul, and body, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I thank you that your scripture, your word, is breathed by you, God. And it's profitable for doctrine, proof, correction, instruction, and righteousness so that I as a man of God may mature and be thoroughly furnished. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Father. I thank you, Heavenly Father. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Now, if, you, if, you, if that is, you say, boy, you've, come, you've memorized, I've never memorized one of those scriptures. They're in my heart. They're in my spirit. And I can pull them up and bring them out of my mind. Then, then once I, I get to the place where I need to be with the Word, I, I go into my healing confession. Thank you, Father. And I just go right to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You were wounded for my transgression. You were bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon you. By your stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. You bless my bread, my water. You take all sickness and symptom from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I forget not your benefits. Forgive all my iniquity. Heal all my disease. Redeem my life from destruction. Crown me with loving kindness, tender mercy. My youth is renewed like an eagle's. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Jesus, you said you'd never leave me or forsake me. You'd be with me always, even until the end of the age. Jesus, you know we need grace at the end of the age, in the medical realm. Thank you for medical grace in these last days. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Then there are several other. If I got into the rest of them, I'd be here for another 30 minutes confessing healing. Y'all have heard them many times. Then I go to finances. Y'all know our financial confession. I have a lot to that too. But then I come to my last because the last is the best. And if I only had one confession I could make, it would be this one. And that's my redemptive confession. All of the rest is redemptive. But this is why it's redemptive. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I was crucified with you. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. Now, I get there sometimes and I just start worshiping God. Amen.
But then you've got to continue. Thank you, Father. I was buried with you by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so I also walk in newness of life. I'm risen with him and seated in heavenly places. I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm accepted into the beloved. I'm complete in him. In him I live and move and have my being. I thank you, Lord God, for your mighty power, your redemptive power. You said that my faith would not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost, for you said I would receive power when the Holy Ghost came upon me. I thank you for the power of the name of Jesus, for you said in that name, every knee must bow of things in heaven, earth, and under the earth. And I thank you for the power of the Word of God working mightily in my life. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know why. I, uh, there's a lot more to it, but the Spirit of God just, just stopped me right there. Stopped me right there. Those words that I just spoke, which are a small part of my confession, those words are my life. Those words are my life. God rescued me and has kept me alive by His Word. In my spirit right now, but that's why, the Lord just quickened me and said to tell you prophetically by a word of knowledge that many of you in the next two to three weeks will have great breakthroughs because you said so. Did you get that? You will have great breakthroughs because you said so. Because God is just looking. For if you will allow that which is in your spirit and that which you know to be true to rise up into the place in which you communicate, then that which you communicate will be life. It will be light and it will be power. And you will see its effect slowly at first, but it will grow and the confidence will grow that, oh yes, the Word of God in my mouth and the Word of God in my heart is a powerful force upon the earth. And I stand against the wickedness and the wiles of the devil, not only in my own life, but in the area in which I live and in everything that I'm doing in the world. If you will maintain that confession, if you will stand on the Word of God, you will see very quickly, I will give you new words to speak. I will give you new revelations for your heart. I will give you prophetic words that you will be amazed at their accuracy and ability if you will just allow my word and my language to become the preeminent and predominant way in which you communicate. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you can start saying, I don't have to be afraid. You can start saying, I don't have to be lonely. You can start saying, I'm going to make it. You can start saying, I'm coming out of this sickness. I'm coming out of this disease. I'm coming out of this depression. That's your only way out. Well, I'm believing God. Well, He's given you. Remember what Peter said right there. The day of Pentecost, 3,000 saved. Speak it in tongues. Power of God. Save yourself. 
Well, he's not talking about eternal salvation. You'd never be able to save yourself for eternal salvation. Only Jesus does that. But he's talking about you taking the word, the spirit of God, the anointing of God. That's what, that which God has placed in you. Save yourself from the effects of what went on in your valley. Save yourself from that doctor's report. I'm not saying that those things are not true. I'm saying it'll, 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 save yourself from what's happened to your marriage. Save yourself from what's gone on in your finances. Save yourself. My parents, that's what they did when their kids were all, were all, were all backslid. They wouldn't quit saying they're going to serve God. They wouldn't quit saying it. They wouldn't quit saying it. You say, why? It was in them. And when what's in you is real, you can be sure God put it there. And God's put some stuff in some of your hearts that is laid dormant for quite a while. It's time to start speaking it over your children, speaking it over your husband, your wife, speaking it over your finances, speaking it over your pastor, your pastors. Amen. Speaking it over your church, speaking it over your city. I, I speak it. I, I, we're not having no storms. Well, what if one comes? I don't consider the ifs. Amen. Ifs have all, have, they, they've always been a badge of doubt for me. Yeah. Well, what if it hits? What if it hits? Even though you say it, then we're going to supernaturally recover. No matter what the devil says, you've got a word for it. No matter what the devil says, you've got a word for it. And you've got to use that word. Until the day you die. I don't care if you've laid in the hospital six months. I'd be lifting my hands saying, thank you for my healing. And with my last breath, I'd be glorifying God. I watched my dad do it. I watched others do it. That's our heritage. That's our legacy. The Word working mightily. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Real quick, just real quickly. You say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God. Maybe you've never made Jesus Lord. You need to do that. He loves you. He died for you. He's not mad at you. He cares about you. Hallelujah. Maybe you know God. Maybe you've been saved, but you've gotten away. You've broken fellowship. You need to get right with God this morning. If there's anybody like that this morning, before we leave, would you raise your hand so we could pray with you? Anyone? Anyone at all? Praise God. Good. That means everybody's saved. Amen. Don't forget prayer tonight. I'd love for you to be here. Got a lot to do in the next few weeks. You've got things to do here as a church. We have things to do in the nations. Thank God we can do it. I said, thank God we can do it. Amen. Praise God. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name this morning. Wow. Lift your hands. I tell you, the glory of God's still here. I'm going to tell you why. You know why the glory's here? Because of the words. The glory, listen, that's good. Thank you, Lord. I'll close with that. Did you know the healing shows up because of the words? Did you know the prosperity shows up because of the words? Do you know the joy shows up because of the words? Do you know the direction shows up? The way shows up because of the words? Isn't that good? Father, we worship you this morning. We glorify your name. And Father, we use your word. Psalms 91. No evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. We declare that with our words and our hearts in Jesus' name. Therefore, we declare in all of our travels, 
in the righteous labor of our hands, we are protected. Lord, in, in Leonid's travel, and Breland's travel, we thank you for on-time flights, no lost baggage, a great conference, great ministry in France, an awesome time with the new church, and returning home, finding nothing lacking, nothing missing, but the church moving forward in everything that is due. Thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. As we close today again, we speak peace to the town of Uvalde, to the broken hearts of the family and the families. And we declare, Lord, we will continue to pray and intercede with all that we are. Because we know when we pray, when we pray, it's never as bad as it could have been. We know that, Father. Show us how to pray where it doesn't happen anymore. Show us how to pray where we can stop it. Show us how to pray where we can stop it. We'll do it. You know I'll do it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we leave today, Thank you for your spirit moving in us. Let us this week, let, you, let, let our hands be your hands extended. Let our words be your words spoken. Let, it, let us be a blessing to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in other people's lives. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.